Welcome to the Performance Connection Podcast, the show where we connect you to the highest quality information and leading professionals in the world of human performance. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the introductory episode of the Performance Connection Podcast. I am so glad that you're here and uh, I'm extremely thankful that you are checking out this podcast and taking the time to figure out uh, what this is all about. Uh, so what I'd like to do in this first episode is just take some time to uh, orient you to the podcast, uh, give you some context to the approach that I want to take with this podcast, uh, what you can expect to see with future episodes, and then also give you just a brief introduction to me. Normally, I wouldn't spend much time on my background. Like when I do speaking and things like that, I don't spend any time on it. I think it would be useful for you as a listener to understand, you know, who you're going to be listening to, hopefully, uh, every time an episode is released and uh, understand why I've taken the approach that I'm going to take with this podcast. So this podcast is actually around 10 years in the making, and the seeds of it were really planted towards the end of grad school in around 2012. And I was sitting with my friend Garrett Surd, who uh, we'll hopefully have on the podcast at some point. And he looks at me and he goes, hey, man, uh, you should start a podcast. And in my head, I'm like, I should start a podcast. And so it's always been in the back of my mind. And for various reasons over the past decade, I haven't started it. Um, and I'll get into why I think now is the time to do it. But this has been a long time in the making. So as far as like reasons why I feel the need and, and the pull to start a podcast, first and foremost among them is the fact that I always have seen myself as an educator. And no matter what I'm doing professionally, I hope that I will always be involved in education at some point. Uh, as you'll hear, I did that for, for several years in a formal capacity as a professor. Now I'm not, I've moved on from that and I still speak pretty regularly. I love doing that, but I really want to start to get more content out there. And uh, you know, over the years, I would kind of talk myself out of this because I felt like there was just already a bunch of podcasts out there. There was already uh, people doing great work. But ultimately, uh, I came to the conclusion that there just cannot be enough information out there. Because as many of you have probably seen, there's a ton of misinformation out there. And we as performance professionals are constantly going against that misinformation and trying to get information out there that people can utilize to make their lives better. And, and so I ultimately thought, you know what, I you just cannot have enough good information out there. I feel like I can get great information out there. I love to educate. Uh, and I feel like I've got um, a decent handle on how to take concepts and make them very understandable. So I want to use this podcast to do that. Um, and then another reason I want to start this podcast kind of plays into the name the Performance Connection podcast, is that I'm a relentless, pretty relentless networker. And that has just been something that's been a massive part of my professional life. And now with my my current role, which I'll describe later, it is literally part of my job. So not only have I worked very hard to build a, a network from very early on as a professional, I now have been building it because it's literally part of my job to really know who's who in the world of human performance. And I want to leverage that to make sure that that people know who the, the leaders are, that people 
know who was an expert in certain areas to make sure that people know who's doing great work and connect you to them. So especially young professionals, like I hope that this podcast kind of ignites some passion in you if you're a young professional, because I know podcasting certainly did that for me when I was going through undergrad, I would listen to podcasts and um, I would just kind of find out that like, wow, there's, there's people out there that really love this stuff and I love this stuff. So hopefully this podcast can be the catalyst for, for somebody to find what they're really, really interested in, but also be connected to the people who are leading the field in those areas and that you can really dive in and learn more. The other connection that I hope that this podcast makes is just connections to your questions and connecting the dots, so to speak. There's so many factors that go into human performance, and my goal with the guests I bring on is to really touch on a bunch of different areas. This will not just be like sports performance or fitness. It's going to be a well-rounded podcast. So I hope that I can make connections for you and answer the questions that you may have as it pertains to you know, many topics in human performance and that those connections are made for you. So my hope was anyway, that this was kind of a dual meaning connection. So connecting to professionals and also connecting the dots for you when it comes to things you might be wondering about with regards to human performance. So where I'd like to go next is just briefly walk through my background, my history. And again, I don't really do this to uh, highlight myself per se, because it's like, you're not here for me. You're here for the guests I'm eventually going to have. But I do feel like this is going to give good context for, um, you know, my natural biases. It's going to give you context for what has influenced me as a professional that will then further influence who I'm going to get on the podcast, but then also give you uh, insight into, in my opinion, I have a well-rounded background. Uh, And so I just like to briefly go through that and then kind of at each spot what I learned and uh, the way that it honestly kind of led me to where I am today, not only in my current role, but with this podcast. So, um, you know, I'm just going to start with my undergraduate education and and go from there. So I uh, am a classically trained strength and conditioning coach. That's kind of like the the path that I went through school. So I went to a small division three school in Pella, Iowa called Central College. And the unique thing about Central, still unique, but really unique at the time, was that I believe it was the first Division three school, uh, take that back, Springfield College was probably the first Division three school to have a full-time strength and conditioning coach, but Central was, was one of the first, if not the second one, to have a full-time dedicated strength and conditioning coach at the D3 level. Um, so I found that out, and really, it was a no-brainer for me to go there because I uh, I was able to work on the floor with a with a full-time strength coach really from the get-go. So by the time I was a freshman, you know, I would do some observation. But when I was a sophomore, I was a, a student strength and conditioning intern, and our strength and conditioning coach had a full intern curriculum set up. So while I was getting my exercise science degree and learning the classroom stuff, I would also not only be coaching on the floor since I was a sophomore, and I'd also be learning the additional uh, educational requirements set up by the internship program. You know, so I just think back to how lucky I was to get that start. And I think back to like my first, the first training book I ever read, not just sports performance, but training book was Functional Training for Sports by Mike Boyle. And whatever you might think about Mike, 
that's kind of irrelevant. The point is that was like my four, my the first training book I ever read. And I just can't believe how lucky it was that I didn't really have to unlearn certain things that you might've gotten through less uh, or lower quality sources of information. But that was the type of stuff I was learning alongside my exercise science education, my entire undergraduate career, and then getting coaching experience on top of it. So, you know, we were relied on a lot as student coaches. It was not just an observed thing. Uh, from really the moment you stepped on the floor as a sophomore, you were thrust into it. It was definitely trial by fire. And um, I, you know, it was such a great learning experience. I'm so thankful for that. So like by the time I was a, a senior, I had my own team and was programming and leading my own team and not very many, like it's more common now, but especially back then in, in the mid 2000s, it, that was not very common. So that was my undergraduate experience. Through my undergrad, I really developed a love for nutrition and I found out that really whenever I had time to read or uh, time to myself, I would always just gravitate towards nutrition. Um, and the, the main reason was because I thought that, or I, I felt that my, my, I was really trying to, to find the edge through that. And I just noticed that no one else would really pay attention to it. Like, yeah, my teammates and other people would lift, but they didn't eat very well. So I thought, okay, I'm going to pay attention to my nutrition and uh, gain the edge on them. So I s found that I would just go to like teenation.com and read every nutrition article I could find. I would like wait with like bated breath. <laughs> To, uh, to see the next one, to see if like Berardi had, had written a new one or Lonnie Lowry had written a new one or like Mike Roussel or these guys from like the, the heyday of, of T Nation. And um, that's really what led me to pursue nutrition in graduate school. So I went to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and I got my master's degree in nutrition and exercise physiology. And it was the only program that I found that combined those two. Uh, yeah, you've, you had like health nutrition in a lot of different schools. But this was really the only one I found, again, this was you know, 2010, that was combined ex-phys and nutrition. But then the other, other great thing about Nebraska at that time was I was able to be an intern on the sports dietetics staff. And the uh, sports dietitians at the time, Josh Hinks and Lindsay Remmers, uh, allowed me to intern as a grad student. And because of that, they also gave me some added responsibilities. So I would do things like write the newsletter every month. Uh, they let me work with when, uh, men's basketball specifically. So I would go to their practices. I would be at their lifting sessions. I would do their off-season meetings. I would make sure that their fueling stations and, and fridges were stocked and, and all that kind of stuff. And that was just a really awesome experience to see the dietetic side because at the time I thought I was going to become a Division One sports dietitian. You know, I wanted the the job that they had at a D1 university. Um I actually learned pretty quickly that that was not the route I wanted to go. And the main reasons for that was, um, you know, when you get into really see what, what sports dietitians do, and I guess this is somewhat true for any anyone in, in nutrition, and, unless you're working exclusively with just the most ridiculously motivated and dialed in athletes, is that the vast majority of the time, you are focusing on the the foundational stuff, you know, getting enough calories, getting enough protein, eating consistently, eating breakfast. Like these were the things that the dietitians uh, honestly were always just, you know, they're trying to get their athletes to do. Um, and, you know, at the time I wanted the cutting edge stuff. I wanted to practice and implement these really high end protocols. And the vast majority 
of uh, situations don't really call for that. I just wanted to do a different route. Like some, some people love that and that's great. And some people are really good at that and that's awesome too. But I ultimately decided that I did not want to become um, a sports dietitian. So I did not go the dietetics route. Um, I'm not an, I'm not a dietitian. I just got the, the master's degree. So what I ended up doing was becoming a teaching assistant in the nutrition department. And that's where I really started to get my feet wet from a, a formal education standpoint. So I was the TA for, I think, four different classes for the nutrition department, all the way from freshman to senior. I would help lecture for the advanced nutrition class for seniors. And, um, you know, I did enjoy that quite a bit. I, I did love lecturing. I liked teaching from that standpoint. I'm not afraid to be in front of a group of people whatsoever. So I really, I really enjoyed that. And then I also enjoyed immersing myself in the content because, you know, the highest form of learning is teaching. So I really was able to get a good grasp of um, things that like the, the year prior, I was a student, I was teaching the next year. So that was a really good experience. And then that got me thinking, maybe I, that's where the route I would like to go after graduate school. Um, so that's what I did. I went to Iowa State University after graduating from Nebraska, and I became a PhD student in the nutrition department there. And the way that Iowa State did it was a little, was kind of unique where you rotated labs your first semester. You didn't just go right into a lab. So my goal was to work for a lab that was doing basically nutritional inter interventions for uh, enhancing muscle strength and things like that with exercise. And it was really focused on an elderly population, but I might have been able to do some things in athletes. It just would have depended. But ultimately, that didn't work out because they didn't have the funding needed to take me on. So I had to look for a different uh, different lab. And uh, I ended up working for a lab that was focused on methyl group metabolism. And uh, we don't need to get into that too much, but if we know about methyl group metabolism, that's highly linked to epigenetics. So genetic or epigenetics referring to the ability to turn on and turn off the expression of genes in our DNA. And um, so we can influence this through nutrition. So it was a very molecular-based lab. Uh, you know, on the surface, it wasn't a ton of stuff I was interested in, but I got a project looking at uh, the impact of egg consumption on the type 2 diabetic situation. So we would look at, like, the effect of egg consumption on just blood vitamin D levels, how did the impact blood sugar management, how did that impact the epigenetic expression of genes. Um, so I really saw a lot of opportunity there because basically by the end, I would have become an epigenetic and vitamin D expert. And especially in the early 2010s, that was a really hot topic. So I did try my hand at that for a year and a half and ultimately just did not work out. Uh, it was a pretty big gap, honestly, for me, because as you know from listening so far, hopefully, is that I was a coach. Everything I did was very uh, interpersonal. It was working with people. It was working with athletes. It was on the floor. And then I got thrust into the world of biochemistry, and I was asked to be a biochemist. So ultimately, I decided that was really not the route for me, and I ended up leaving Iowa State after a year and a half. But the value of that experience was, man, it gave me an insight into the world of nutrition research, especially in an animal model, because everything we did was in an animal model. It, it really uh, influenced how I view research now or how I, I uh, conceptualize research, because it is definitely a messy process. And even in, in rodent research, where you think things are su will be super controlled, and they are to a degree, it was just 
you know, kind of crazy where like I'd have to go and I'd have to work with these rats and I mean, they're rats. They don't like to be handled. So even things like weighing them was honestly like a pretty inexact science or, um, you know, the things we would have to do when we would have to end the study and we'd have to collect tissue like liver and kidney and, and blood and sometimes brain and colons and all that kind of stuff. It was just a totally different world. And it gave me a massive appreciation for nutrition research, but it also showed me that's just not the area for me. But again, I, I gained a new uh, level of understanding at this time. I was really getting in the nitty gritty of molecular nutrition and pathways and things like that. Now I'm not in that as much anymore, but it still gave me a really good foundation for things that I utilize even to this day. Um, but after Iowa State, I became a personal trainer in Des Moines, Iowa for about six, six or seven months, something like that. And this was just like another just like massive shift in uh, not only what I was doing. And that of course forced me to uh, do a, a lot of learning very quickly because not only had my, I'd been out of really coaching for a few years, but the only coaching experience I had was with athletes and collegiate athletes at that. And then I became a large group fitness instructor for gen pop and personal trainer. So those personal trainers listening to this, you're probably laughing right now because you're like, haha, I know, I know how you feel or I know where this is going. Um, because I definitely had to, uh, really, really adapt the way that I coached in the sense that, you know, you've got to put yourself in the place of the person you're talking to. And I couldn't really use the same methods and maybe even the same, same way of explaining things that I used to with athletes, um, as I did with Gen Pop, cause you are working with people who maybe have never been taught how to squat before you're working with people who almost all, every person you work with has some kind of injury history or orthopedic issue. So though it's not like you can just tell them, Hey, go do this, go do that. And they'll be able to do it. You have to work through the issues that they've got, identify them and then work around them or work with them. So obviously like that was a massive learning experience for me and it was so valuable. So not only did I need to expand my horizons from a movement library standpoint, because with athletes, you know, we mainly just use barbells, dumbbells, and kettlebells. And now, uh, you know, yes, we use those things, but now I had to learn a bunch of physio ball stuff, TRX stuff, body weight stuff. Um, the place I worked at had punching bags. And so I had to learn, I had to learn that stuff, like totally new world, but it made me a better coach. And the other thing it forced me to do, or I got to learn through that process is just the, the business side, that personal trainers and, and kind of the hustle that goes along with, with personal training. And, um, you know, my income was dependent on my client list. For sure, I got paid hourly for the the boot camp stuff, but if I really wanted to make a living, I had to get my own clients. And so it's a totally different world than sports performance because you've got to, you know, build the relationship in a way that's not super salesy and awkward when you eventually, you know, maybe approach people that are in your boot camp if you they want to have personal training sessions with you. I'm not, I'll, I'll be honest, I wasn't great at it. It wasn't natural for me, but it gave me a very good understanding of the world of personal training and what they go through and the pain points that they might have. It was just another like kind of feather in the cap, in my opinion, of my background of I have a sports performance, now I've got nutrition, and now I've got personal training. Uh, so again, I did that for about six months. And then the reason I ended after six months is because I got a job at um, a small school in Northwest Iowa called Northwestern College. 
uh, in Orange City, Iowa, where I currently reside. And it was a dual role strength and conditioning coach and uh, at the time kinesiology instructor. And this was basically the perfect thing at the time for me. Um, you know, even going back to graduate school, people would ask me, hey, what, what are you going to do? Because you're like, you're not a dietitian, but you got a nutrition degree, but you have an exercise science degree. What are you going to do? And my answer was usually, you know, maybe coach and teach at a small college and boom, this was the opportunity. And it was unique because it wasn't teaching and then, hey, let's like, you know, coach if you want. No, it was literally the job is both. Like we are going to set this up in a way that you are a faculty in kinesiology, but part of your load is going to be coaching strength and conditioning. What that looked like was I was the strength and conditioning coach for six teams uh, football, wrestling, the soccer teams, cheer and dance. And then I usually taught around four classes per semester. Um, and my main course load was anatomy and nutrition. So I taught sports nutrition and the nursing nutrition course. So, you know, that was good because I got both sports nutrition and health nutrition. It kept me sharp in those areas. I also taught personal training every other year. I taught a few just, you know, basic health courses and then by the time I was done, I taught motor learning. Again, if teaching is the ultimate expression of learning, I was forced to learn a lot and be very well-rounded in those, those subject areas. Um, and honestly, really subject areas I probably would not have looked into or known as well on my own, especially anatomy and motor learning. I kind of had to like, basically reteach myself some of that stuff, uh, but it made me a better coach. And then by being a better coach, I was a better instructor. So, uh, you know, Luckily, we had a, oh, I also taught sports performance or strength and conditioning because we had a major in strength and conditioning. So we uh, had a very similar setup, just like I did at Central College, where as a sophomore, they entered our internship program if they wanted to graduate with the degree. And then we had a curriculum set up specifically for this uh, cohort of students. And the great thing about the dual role, and anyone who's done this, you know this, is the fact that they feed into each other. So my learning as a professor made me a better coach. And the fact that I was on the floor every single day and still interacting with athletes made me a better professor because I could take the stuff I was doing on the floor with athletes into the classroom. And then my students would be able to see literally how I'm applying it and show them how to apply the stuff they're learning in class. And it's just a really awesome setup. So I did eventually become a professor of practice which is a role that um, it's a professor rank that instead of doing research, I am required to practice my craft. So my role didn't really change from the standpoint of uh, you know what I did per se, but when I left at Northwestern, I was a professor of practice of kinesiology, which is, I mean, I think that was pretty cool. Um, I was, I was proud to have achieved that and um I ultimately was there for six years and it, there was kind of a progression of the things I would, I would learn and um, kind of every couple of years I would dive into a topic. So like my first couple of years, it was like mobility and injury prevention. My my next couple of years, it was, well, really the, I'll say the last four-ish years was speed and agility. And so like during that time, I spoke quite often on agility, but just like the nature of the job just required you to be so knowledgeable in so many different areas. But that's also from a networking perspective, that's really where I started to build my network because 
I just was not afraid to reach out to people. So if I heard someone on like a podcast or if I, um, you read a paper by them and I was intrigued or if I want to learn more, I would just reach out. And some of my closest friends now and the, the biggest connections that influenced me uh, came out that way. So if we go back to the podcasting thing, that's where I really was starting to put, uh, think in my head, I should start a podcast. But uh, for, you know, those of you who have been in those roles, you know, that's extremely, extremely time consuming. And, uh, you know, I just didn't uh, have the time to do it or didn't uh, make the time to do it, so to speak. Um, but that's, again, where my network really, really started to take off. I would attend conferences very regularly. And, you know, that is one of the absolute best ways to grow your network. But then eventually I started speaking at conferences. And um, just like doing that for several years in a row, especially my last four years, just was so big uh, towards towards building my network. Um, so after uh, leaving Northwestern in 2020, I worked for a company called Art of Coaching. And some of you might know uh, the founder of that company, Brett Bartholomew. My role there was uh, community manager. I, I like to joke that this was the start of my time as having job titles that you need to explain because nobody knows what they are. Uh, this was like the first one. So community management uh, in a nutshell is kind of this amalgamation, or at least this is kind of how we did it, between customer service, uh, marketing, and, and social media management, and education and product development. Because really my job was to interact with our community, wherever they might reside. So whether that's Instagram or our Facebook groups, or when we would host live events, it was my job to have my ear to the ground, so to speak. You know, what is the community struggling with? What are their needs? What are their wants? Well, how can we help them relay that back to the company and then do the best I can with turning that into the ventures that we would take on? Um, and as you can probably expect, going from the world of academia to the world of online business, that's another massive shift. So I kind of got a theme going here <laughs> between the things I've done professionally. Um, and while obviously a great learning experience, and I'm very thankful for many of the things that I learned through Art of Coaching, I, I wanted to get back to something dealing with human performance, just because that's that's where you know, everything has been in my, in my life up to this point. That's where my passion lies. I found out that I really wanted to dive into was on that side. I ultimately, uh, found a position with human kinetics, which if you're unfamiliar with human kinetics, we are the world's largest publisher of really anything related to performance, whether that's health, exercise, nutrition, sports performance. So like we, we are the publisher for the NSCA, the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Um, I found a job through there, a posting through HK that was an acquisitions editor. And I didn't know what an acquisitions editor was at all. I'm like, okay, I'll just see what this is all about. So I looked at the job description and it was talking about reaching out to professionals and networking and uh, reviewing manuscripts and editing them and all this kind of stuff that I'm like, oh, that sounds really good. I mean, I love networking. Uh, I like reading. I like learning. This sounds like it could be a good fit. And I don't know anything about publishing, or but uh, this seems to align with my strengths. So yeah, I ended up applying and getting getting the role. So that's where I'm currently at. I am a acquisitions editor for Human Kinetics. And uh, Human Kinetics has two main divisions. 
when it comes to like the book side of things, we have the academic division, which if you're an exercise science or kinesiology student, you likely have had HK textbooks. Uh, I do not work for the academic side. I work for what's called the trade and professional side. So that could be uh, books that are anything from general fitness for the average consumer all the way up to one step below a textbook that for the, like the avid professional. So I am responsible for acquiring books in specific subject areas. So my specific subject areas are sports performance, strength training, and nutrition. And if you've been paid attention, that should be like, holy crap, that's right in my wheelhouse. Those are the things that I've really been prepared for. So really, I feel like the stars aligned with regards to the role that I'm currently in. Um, and so what is an acquisitions editor? So the, the two words of my job title, really the two halves of my job. Number one is acquire. So I am responsible for acquiring new books for our company and then getting those books from basically idea to release. So this could be either a brand new book that we do not have where I create the idea, I pitch the idea to Human Kinetics, and then it gets approved. And then I need to contract an author to write that book. And then I work with the authors who, to write the manuscript. Or it could be a new edition. So if I see something that's maybe like five years old or something like that, I might look into it, how are sales been in the previous edition or editions. And then I work with the author to come up with a revision plan and we go through the same process. So that's the acquisition side. Um, and this is, again, where the networking side of things has just absolutely taken off. And it's not an exaggeration to say that I work with the leaders in the world and everything sports performance, strength training, and nutrition every single day. Every week I'm talking with or emailing or calling or uh, conversing with a leader in some area, whether that be speed, whether that be hypertrophy, whether that be strength training or nutrition or nutrient timing. I'm literally working with these people and it is my job to find who's going to write a great book for us. Who is the leader? Who is the the person leading the way? Who's who's on the cutting edge? And um, that has allowed my network to absolutely just expand so much and really played into the impetus for me wanting to start this podcast and to finally make it happen. Um, so that's kind of how things tie in now. Now, the editorial part of my job means that for every author that I contract, I'm the first person to see the manuscript. And I edit that manuscript for content. So luckily, huh, I do not have to do anything with uh, grammar or spelling or punctuation. Like I can if I want to, but I don't have to. We have other people for that. I'm literally looking at this from, is the content sound? Does it make sense? Um, is it well put together? Like, are there any gaps that need to be explained? And just the crazy thing is like, my my time as a professor has really trained me for that. Because when you're making lectures you have to think about, right, what's, what does someone need to know first? And then where can they go next? And if we want to go here or somewhere else, what are the steps we need to take to get there? So the student isn't absolutely lost. Uh, and then also like grading papers, like re honestly reading a manuscript sometimes feels like, like I'm grading a paper, but the, the good thing about it is, or the nice thing in my opinion, uh, for me is I don't have to grade it. I just give feedback to the author and we work together to shape it in the best way possible. So that's what I'm doing now, and it's been awesome. I'm loving it. I, I am learning more and more about the, the world of publishing, 
but that has really, again, made my network grow exponentially. And hopefully I can get my authors on this podcast, but also, you know, the past HK authors and just let it grow from there and bring the best guests as, as I possibly can for you guys so that you can learn the most that you can. So that's, you know, a rundown of my background where I'm at. And so to, to finish things, I just want to tell you about my vision for this podcast and what you can expect from, from future episodes. So I've talked about how I want to make connections uh, for you with other professionals. The other aspect of that is I want to connect you to what they are doing and make sure that you're aware of how the, these people are getting their work out there. And so what that's going to ultimately mean is that I'm not going to be afraid to help my guests promote the work that they're doing. Uh, obviously, like if I have an author on here, we're going to talk about the book they wrote or the book they are writing. But, you know, we could also talk about online courses that people are doing or, what, or whatever it is. But I'm wanting this to be a way that you discover what they are doing, how you can learn from them and how you can support. Them. So I don't want to be shy about helping uh, my guests promote what they are doing so that they can then become a better professional by your support or by getting the word out there about how they are doing great work in the world. So as you can probably tell from my background, this podcast is going to be a holistic human performance podcast. It will not just be sports performance. It will not just be fitness. It will not just be nutrition, but it's going to be a combination of all of those things. And I feel like that I can deliver great conversations on those things and also maybe ask questions or come at it from a perspective that others m might not just because of the, the experiences that I've had and the way that I've been shaped by my background. So that's really what I wanted to cover in this introductory episode. I hope that you enjoy listening to this. I hope that you are looking forward to the future uh, of the podcast and looking forward to diving into uh, the episodes to come. And I thank you so much for, for listening and I definitely see you in the future. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Performance Connection Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review, share on social media, and on Instagram, tag at Performance Connection Podcast, all one word. The content of this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any medical condition. Thanks again, and I hope you'll keep listening or check out other episodes.